Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D-Town Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. All right. How's everybody doing out there today? fix the mic there we go there we go so halfway through the week two more days to go and then it's the weekend can't wait big plans big plans to do nothing so anyway i got a little show for you today got a couple of things i got some breaking news that i found today i don't know that it's it is breaking news, but it is also could fall under the category of news of the obvious. But uh, we'll get to that, and also we're going to cover the State of the Union, quote-unquote, State of the quote-unquote Union, I guess. And then uh, a couple other things I want to cover <clears throat> in closing. Something I brought up on the show on Monday, and it's starting to uh, kind of work its way out right now. So we'll talk about that here before we're done. But before we get into all that, I want to remind you of our other sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout for 30% off of your purchase price. Too late for uh, Valentine's Day. What's that? Like a week now. A week from yesterday. So you're, you're SOL there. But, you know, Easter's coming up. You got birthdays, anniversaries, whatever. Check them out. ChristianLawson.com. Promo code DTOM. Also, uh, make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on if you can go ahead and please subscribe to this it doesn't matter if it's apple or android or spotify podbeam whatever um subscribe to the app that you're listening to this on that way you get um you know updates oh there's a show today just in case i miss a, a specific day or <clears throat> you know whatever that way uh 
you know, we stay, uh, we stay active. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get better at being more consistent on the three days. But nonetheless, just in case I pop up an extra day. Also, you can follow us on social media at Don't Trade on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. And then on uh, the Twitter machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me on the Twitter machine, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And uh, one quick uh, announcement, reminder, I guess I should say, tomorrow, Thursday, the 9th, will be the inaugural uh, presentation of Beards, Bourbon, and Banter on YouTube. Check check us out on the YouTube channel there. Search Beards, Bourbon, and uh, the Banter. You're going to see our ugly mugs talking about whiskey, beards, and we're going to bullshit a little bit. It'll be a, <clears throat> shouldn't be more than an hour long show. It won't be political. It'll be, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get into some funny. We're probably going to talk about the Super Bowl. And uh, we're going to do a couple of drinks in honor of the Super Bowl. And we're going to test them, taste them, and uh, whichever one we like better. You know, if I like one and he likes the other one, whatever. But one drink's going to represent Kansas City and the other's going to represent Philadelphia. And uh, we shall... Whichever one we like best will will be our picks for the Super Bowl. Because realistically, even though I was born in Pennsylvania, north of Philly, uh, my mom, <clears throat> giant uh, Philadelphia fan, um, I have lived in Florida for 40-some-odd years, pretty much a Buccaneers fan. Um, so I don't really have a dog in the race, so to speak. Neither is Chris. He's a um, Titans fan, so... You know, we don't really care. So we're going to let the drinks decide. So join us on the YouTube. Um, for now, it's going to be on YouTube. I, I don't foresee any issues with YouTube because it's not going to be political. We're not going to get into anything that's going to get us demonetized or in trouble, hopefully. Um, if that is the case, then maybe we'll branch into uh, Rumble or, or we might even do both. This is going to be new to us. So just uh, check us out. Let us know what you think. All right, guys. Also, you can follow us on, <clears throat> excuse me, my our website, uh, don'ttreadonamerica.com. Check check us out there for any show updates or any, and you can look, listen to the show off the website too. All right, all right. Here we go. So, interesting news breaking out today. Now, a couple of weeks ago, or I'm sorry, about a week ago, um. This was this was on Tucker Carlson. I don't like using a lot of his stuff. I mean, I I love watching his show. I watch it every day. I'm not going to lie to you, but um, this is interesting. With the news that's breaking today, this is what he had to say. And we talked about this a year, I guess, about a year ago when when the situation had happened. But um, here's Tucker Carlson here. So here's a story that's been kind of forgotten. But Toria Newland, who was the driving force behind the war in Ukraine, helped start the war in Ukraine in January threatened to blow up the Nord Stream pipelines so that Russia couldn't send gas to Europe. Remember this? I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. 
So then in September, somebody blew up the pipelines, and that was the biggest man-made environmental disaster in history. If you're worried about climate change, you should be in tears because of the amount of carbon that emitted into the atmosphere. So it was pretty obvious to us the Biden administration was involved in this. We said that, and we were immediately denounced by the entire left and the entire media as agents of Putin. Why are they doing that? And by the way, when we actually join this war in force, what will they do to anyone who objects to it? Ooh, they're going to punish people. You watch. But with this in mind, we were a little bit surprised to see Toria Newland essentially admit last week that she did it. Watch this. Senator Cruz, uh, like you, I am... And I think the administration is very gratified to know that Nord Stream 2 is now, as you like to say, a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. Oh, she's excited about it. When it happened, they said, we, we're upset about it. We have no idea who did this. And if you think we had a hand in it, you're Putin. So <clears throat> now that was the first part of that clip was back in January of last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the, they're doing Senate hearings for some reason or another. Um, now we talked about this back in September that it didn't make sense that Russia would blow up this pipeline because that was income essentially. And there was a lot of rumbling back then that we, the USA had something to do with that. And of course it was denied. No, it was Putin. Putin did it, you know, in guides of the war, blah, blah, blah. Now, <clears throat> God bless. I'm sorry. It makes sense to make that argument, especially with the with that pipeline supplying a lot of Europe with natural gas, especially Germany, and then seeing the things that have happened as of late with Germany. But uh, this comes out today. So Seymour Hirsch, he's a writer. Um, this is off his Substack. Uh, How America took out the Nord Stream pipeline. The New York Times called it a mystery but the United States executed a covert sea operation that was kept secret until now. The U.S. Navy's diving and salvage center can be found in a location as obscure as its name. Um, down what was once a country lane in rural Panama City, a now booming resort city in southwestern Panhandle, Florida, 70 miles south of Alabama border, <clears throat> the center's complex is nondescript in its location, a drab concrete post-World War II structure that has the look of a vocational high school on the west uh, side of Chicago, a coin-operated laundromat, and a uh, dance hall, dance school across the now four-lane road. <clears throat> Sorry, I was asking me to sign in. I don't want to sign in. <laughs> the center has been a training highly school. Now, oddly enough, not to get off topic here but I was in we were in uh, Pensacola which is right close to Panama City and I remember seeing there's a lot of stuff it's kind of funny living in Florida now this Panama City and Pensacola is nowhere near where I live that's about a four hour drive from where I'm at um, <clears throat> like, <clears throat> God bless last year we went up to uh, Pensacola for vacation and um like the Blue Angels are stationed up there. And it's kind of interesting. Like, you don't know these little things. And these aren't big towns. I mean, Pensacola is not a very big town. It's not even a big beach town. I mean, it was nice. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything about it. But um, it's interesting to find the things you find in these small communities like this. The center has been training highly skilled deep water divers for decades now. 
once assigned to the American military units worldwide, <clears throat> are capable of um, technical diving to do the good. Using C4 explosives to clear harbors, beaches, and debris um, and unexploded ordnances, as well as the bad, like blowing up foreign oil rigs, fouling intake valves for undersea power plants, destroying locks on crucial shipping canals. The Panama City Center, which boasts the second largest indoor pool in America, was a perfect place to recruit the best, the most, uh, the most uh, tacturin. Uh, graduates of the diving school were successfully did last summer what they had been authorized to do 260 feet under the surface of the Baltic Sea. Last June, the Navy divers, operating under the cover of widely publicized midsummer NATO exercises known as Baltops 22, planted a remotely triggered explosive that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines according to the source, with direct knowledge of the operating planning. So they did this three months prior to the actual explosion. It makes sense because if you have NATO and you have uh, United States Navy and whatnot in the area, and then it explodes, obviously you'd be like, what the fuck did they do? So you set these devices up to go a few months after the fact. You can deny responsibility, right? Two of the pipelines, which were known collectively as Nord Stream 1, have been providing Germany and much of Western Europe with uh, cheap Russian natural gas for more than a decade. A second pair of pipelines called Nord Stream 2 have been built, but were not yet operational. Now, with Russian troops massing on the Ukrainian border and the bloodiest war in Europe since 1945 looming, President Joseph R. McGillicuddy Biden saw the pipeline as a vehicle for Vladimir Putin to weaponize natural gas for his political and ter territorial ambitions. As for comment, Adrian Watson, a Watts, uh, White House spokesperson, said in an email, this is false and complete fiction. Tammy Thorpe, a spokesperson for the Central Intelligence Agency, similarly wrote, this, this claim is completely and utterly false, which, you know, means it's true. Biden's decision to sabotage the pipelines came after more than nine months of highly secret back-and-forth debate within Washington's National Security Communication, or I'm sorry, Community, about how the best, how to best achieve the goal. For much of that time, the issue was not whether to do the mission, but how to get it done with no covert clue to who was responsible. There was vital bureaucratic reasons for relaying the, uh, relying on the graduates of the center's hardcore diving school in Panama City. The divers were Navy only and not members of America's Special Operations Command, whose covert, covert operations must be reported to Congress and briefed in advance to the Senate and House leadership, the so-called Gang of Eight. The Biden administration was doing everything possible to avoid leaks as the planning took place in late 21 into the first months of 22. President Biden and his foreign policy team, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, Secretary, Secretary of State Tony Blinken, and Victoria Nuland the Undersecretary of State, um, had been vocal and consistent in their hostility to the two pipelines, which ran side-by-side side for 750 miles under the Baltic Sea from two different ports in northeastern Russia, Russia, near the Estonian border, passing close to the Danish islands of Bornholm before ending up in northern Ger Germany. 
the direct route which bypassed any need to trans uh, transit Ukraine had a bit, had been a boom for the Germany econ- Germ- German <laughs> economy, which enjoyed an abundance of cheap Russian natural gas enough to run its factories, heat its homes, while enabling Germany distributors German distributors to sell excess gas and profit throughout Western Europe. Actions that could be traced to the administration would violate U.S. promise to minimize direct conflict with Russia. So secrecy was essential. From the earliest days, Nord Stream 1 had been seen by Washington as an anti-Russian partner, NATO partners, and a threat to Western dominance. The holding company behind it, Nord Stream AG, was incorporated in Switzerland in 05 in a partnership with uh, Gazprom, a publicly traded Russian company producing enormous profits from shareholders, which it dominated by, which is dominated by oligarchs, known to be the thrall of Putin. Gazprom controlled 51% of the company, with four European energy firms: one in France, one in the Netherlands, and two in Germany, sharing a remainder of 49% of stock. <clears throat> and having the right to control downstream sales of the exp- inexpensive natural gas to local distrib- distributors. Distri- I, I, it's Wednesday, I can't talk. Distributors. Distributors? There you go. Distributors. <laughs> In Germany and Western Europe. Gazprom's profits were shared with Russian government. State gas and oil revenues were estimated to be some years. In some years, the amount of as much as 45% of Russia's annual budget. America's political fears were real. Putin would now have an additional and much-needed source of income, and Germany and the rest of Eastern Europe would become addicted to low-cost natural gas supplied by Russia while diminishing Europe's reliance on America. In fact, that's exactly what happened. Many Germans saw Nord Stream 1 as part of the deliverance of the norm uh, from former Chancellor Willy Bantz's famed Asplotic theory, which would enable post-war Germany to rehabilitate itself and other European nations destroyed by World War II by, among other initiatives, utilizing cheap Russian gas. And here's the interesting part about all this. If Putin, or I'm sorry, if, if Biden... Hadn't have done the things he'd done on day one of being a president by shutting down our pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline, and doing the things he did. And if he had stayed the course on Trump's plans to drill, uh, we were already energy independent. If he had kept the course, we were already an exporter of natural energy. And I'm not just talking about crude oil. We're talking about natural gas. We could have easily supplied um, Europe, Germany, and whoever with the natural gas they needed. And then this wouldn't have been an issue. But the fact that we did what we did, or I shouldn't say we, but what he did, and then on top of that, blowing up this pipeline, you got to, I really want to start digging. This just broke as I was getting ready to record. So I really want to dig into the the winter in in Europe. How did these people suffer with the cold because most of you know you're talking heating the homes now it's not just necessarily that they had natural gas heaters in their home but maybe that's how their electricity ran 
and so on and so forth. Like in where I live here in, in town, our power plant is ran by natural gas. So who's to say that some of these power plants in Europe aren't ran the same way? So the interesting thing is this. Obviously, it's come to, to, come to pass that the United States blew this pipeline up. And obviously, we know for a fact, if you go back to newsreels in September, <clears throat> that we knew the pipeline was blown up. And of course, we were told that it was done by the Russians. For whatever reason, the Russians would have to do that. And it didn't make any sense when all that happened for the fact that Russia was going, well, was already, what, six months, seven months into war with, with Ukraine. So if a bulk of their income, of their governmental income, was coming through this pipeline, supplying natural gas to Europe, why in the hell would they blow it up? Now, of course, like I said, you could look at it now and say, well, Germany supplying tanks and doing whatever, and Europe's doing whatever. I get that. You could say, okay, well, your argument could be, well, Putin's doing this. He blew this pipeline up because <clears throat> Europe and whoever's getting involved in this and they're supplying the Ukraines and yada, yada, yada. You could make that argument. That's, that's true. You can obviously make that argument. But profit means more. If you can profit from your enemy, then who cares? If Germany and whoever wants to send tanks and whatever to Ukraine to fight your Russians, but yet you're making money off of them, whatever. I guarantee you, and I said this back in September, that he did not do this. And of course, much like Tucker said, oh, you know, <clears throat> Russian, I've had plenty of shows where I'm sure we've lost some listeners from people thinking, oh, this guy's a Russian apologist. I'm not an anyone apologist. I'm not an American apologist, a Russian apologist. I'm not nothing. Number one, I'm here for this country, thus the name of the show. Don't try to America, okay? Number one, the fact of the matter is we should realistically give two shits about Ukraine. Okay, we didn't give two shits back when in 2014 when he went into Crimea. You look at all the different stories. If you really dissect what's really going on in Ukraine, you have to ask yourself the same question. The, the fact that it's not a major news story on a daily basis means there's a, probably a whole lot of nothing going on there. The only time you ever hear anything about Ukraine is when we're sending money, which we're about to send two more billion. And no one's asking these questions. Where's all this money going? Then, pipeline back in September gets blown up. Russia kind of makes you wonder what else has happened or is going to happen that they're blaming on whomever. And with that being said, we'll talk about the State of Union address, speaking about blaming other people. So before I get into the highs and lows, the, the high lows and the low lows, <laughs> there wasn't many highs, this, this is what's funny. So here's a clip of, of Biden saying something. And uh, it's interesting, if you guys didn't watch it, 
which I'm assuming not a lot of people did. I was asleep, but um, I picked up the uh, bits and pieces, obviously, off of Twitter and whatnot. So this clip is when they were talking about something. I really don't even know what it was. I think it was about the Social Security and whatnot. And uh, it's just interesting to see these barking seals clap. Like He says what he's... I'm going to play what he says. And, and I say something because I have no idea what the fuck he said. And they're all standing up. So uh, this is this is what he said. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. If you change the jobs, I will veto it. What the fuck did he say? He didn't even kind of say. He's like, you can't even. only thing you can make out is if you try to, I will veto it. And then they're all clapping and cheering and like he said something profound. It's like, Jesus Christ, I had to play that. I'm sorry. But um, so <laughs> essentially the way it broke down was this. Uh, the state unit speeches are usually pretty scattershot, but the President Biden's 23 version set a new, uh, new record. He ranged across a world of issues without substantially addressing any of the big ones. Crime, the border crisis, and China. Which, interestingly enough, he tried to bolt strength against China. Oh, we're strong against China because we shot the balloon out after it left the country. Uh, we're strong on crime as we release people or don't hold them with bail. Uh, border crisis. He says, uh, we're trying to get more funding for border patrol and, and control the border. You ain't controlling shit. What was it, 1.2 million gotaways? I mean... I'm sorry. Um, and then, you know, instead he offered lies after lie in a shameless bid to fool the electorate ahead of his 24 run for re-election, which I personally don't see that happen. I'd be surprised if he makes it through this term. His only big idea was to make boogeymen out of the wealthy and offer the American people more freebies, more unsustainable suspending. He blended brags about his supposed achievements in uh, inflation fueling, blowing out spending, spending sprees, promos for various dead-on-arrival bits of reg, uh, legislation. Even heavily Democratic Congress had been able to unable to pass comprehensive immigration reform. So it's interesting. He was bragging about gas prices. Gas prices are down, but they're still a dollar something more than they were when you took office. And as a matter of fact, they're almost a buck fifty more than when you were elected. So, like when the election took place in November of twenty, <clears throat> I think gas was around one eighty something, one ninety something, some somewhere around there. And now, I don't even know what the national average is now. I know around here it's like three forty, but I think national average is like three sixty something. And then last year, this time last year, it was damn near. For, you know, depending on where you lived, it was upwards of $5. And he's bragging about that. It's down a dollar. Down down a dollar fifty. No, it's, a, it's up like a dollar something. You know, someone, I don't know who the reporter was, but I asked him a question about how he felt. This was before the State of the Union. How he felt about the economy. He was like, oh, we're doing great. Bringing back jobs. Were, the economy was crap. No one was building anything. Inflation was on the rise. Okay, well, inflation was like 1.4% when you took office. 
was it last month? It was seven, six something. And that's six something over last year, which last year was like seven something. So in the grand scheme of things, it's up quite 13. You can't sit here. This is a president that's out of touch with reality, which I'm not saying that he's the only one. Most presidents are. But you can't sit here and say that the economy is doing great when you and I, regular Americans, they go grocery shopping once a week, every other day, whatever. whenever you go to the grocery store, or go to Walmart, wherever you go, everything is more expensive. To the point where, <laughs> to the point where I actually saw a report where some of these cartels, <laughs> no shit, where some of these cartels in Mexico, on top of the drugs running and the fentanyl and all the other shit they're doing, are actually smuggling eggs into America. It's bad enough that they're smuggling, you know, whatever, marijuana, cocaine, especially fent- fentanyl, right? It's bad enough that that stuff's happening. And, and on top of just the people in general coming, that's bad enough. But now they've resorted to smuggling eggs because there's such a high market. So you can actually come in here from Mexico with Mexican eggs, which we don't trade with Mexico for eggs for USDA stand out or whatever it was. But <laughs> I, I when I heard this, I was thinking to myself, can you imagine you see some dude on the street corner? Hey, man, I got what you need, man. I got some weed. What You want some weed? I got some weed. No, nah, man, I don't smoke that. I got some cocaine, man. You want some cocaine? Some fentanyl, lace, horse tranquilizer like we're selling up in Philly? No, nah, no, nah, man, no. Nah. All right, man, listen. Just for you, man. Dozen eggs. Four dollars. Shit, nigga. Let me get that four dollars. Here you go. Poof. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Are we really resorting to to uh, black market eggs? Because <laughs> eggs here are six, eight, ten, whatever bucks a, a carton. You know, it's 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 insane. It's insane. I'm not saying it's actually happening, but I heard that that's what's happening. Yeah, blatantly insincere calls for bipartisanship. Bipartis- you know, I sound like fucking Biden. Uh, cynical and false attacks on his opponent opponents. The uh, chamber was it was it was interesting to watch some of the highlights where he was talking about um, the debt ceiling. And I've never watched a um, a State of the Union address or State of Confusion address where there was so much heckling and and booing. And now, I mean, you see, you've watched plenty of State of the Union addresses, whether you actually watched them or saw the highlights, where, um, you know, if it's a Republican or a Democrat president, whatever, and they say something that the other side doesn't like, they all just sit there and they might, like, give them a half-assed clap. But these people are literally booing, you know, like yelling stuff to the point where he even kind of cut a deal with them on the uh, Social Security and Medicaid, (laughs) which was kind of interesting because you've really never seen that before in the middle of a um, State of the Union address. And I had said to Chris, you know, the the one State of the Union, I think it might have been Trump's last State of the Union address where Pelosi ripped up the speech, right? I said, you know, it'd be funny as hell because I'll give to McCarthy's credit. He 
there was a lot of stuff that Biden was saying that, every, you know, I shouldn't say everyone, but the Democrats were all clapping and cheering and standing ovations, and he wasn't even clapping. He wasn't even giving him the the insincere clap or, you know, he wasn't even standing for a lot of the stuff. So I give him credit for that. But he should have wiped his ass with the speech. Like, would have been funny as if he stood up, took the speech, and wiped his ass with it. I mean, he didn't have to necessarily stick it down his pants and wipe his ass with it, but just kind of symbolically wiped his ass with it. Well, if he would have stuck it down his pants, that would have been funny too. But you could even see it on his face that this guy... And I encourage you to go go on Twitter, search up State of the Union if you care to know. But the the lies. It's like the <laughs> out of touch with reality. And then the funny the worst part about it is you go on Twitter and watch these people. Oh, that was a great speech. He's uniting the country. Are you fucking kidding me? What are you watching? There, I can't honestly believe that there's one person in this country, whether you voted for Biden or not, especially if you voted for Biden, they can sit here and tell me that things are better for you. Now, granted, your job might not be affected a whole lot. You, you might still have your home and your cars and whatever. But you know damn well when you go to the grocery store or to Walmart or Walgreens or Target or wherever you go to do your shopping, you know damn well that you're paying more money. Now, maybe you got it like that and you're cool with that. Um, I know what, when I go grocery shopping, you know, you'll spend whatever that dollar amount is and, and you look at the shopping cart and you're like, Jesus Christ, I used to spend a lot more or a lot less and have a lot more. You know, you go in there and drop a hundred bucks and you used to be able to drop a hundred bucks and have a full ass grocery cart. Now it's like you drop a hundred bucks and you might come out with like three or four bags. I'm being serious. It's it's ridiculous. And, you know, is Biden to blame? Yeah. But you also see situations where grocery stores are showing record profits. Companies that provide food are showing record profits. Gas oil companies are showing record profits. So who's really to blame? Like we are being told, and I'll take gas and stuff out of the, out of the equation here. But we're being told as far as grocery items... Uh, your toiletries, you know, stuff you buy at Walmart and your grocery store, whatever. We're being told those items are going up in price because why? Because the ingredients are more expensive, the whatever is more expensive, this is more expensive, that is more expensive, gas is more expensive. Okay, I get all that. I work in the industry. I understand. Because that's what I'm being told. But if you work for these companies and these grocery stores and whatever, and those places are showing record profits, then is it a situation agreed with these companies? Because you can make the argument that you had to raise prices because of these situations. But then when you're showing record profits, it doesn't make sense. Also... You look at situations where there's a lot of... If you go to a grocery store, there's, the shelves aren't full. I'm not saying they're empty and there's a lot of holes, but they're not full. And that makes me wonder, you know, what's coming next.
All right. So on Monday's show, I the the breaking news at that point was the um, earthquake in Turkey. And if you recall, if you've listened to Monday's show, I had this to say about the situation. Powerful 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit southern Turkey, like between Turkey and uh, Syria. Now, earthquakes happen. I get it. This was a massive hurricane. If you haven't seen I the damage, hurricane. I'm not going to play the audio because it's just uh, the video is just noise, essentially. But um, this is, I mean, this is bad. Like the video, the if you if you happen to go on Twitter or whatever and look at the video, these buildings are just rubble. And it's not to say that it wasn't a hurt. Uh, hurricane (laughs) that wasn't an earthquake but we've also heard about the harp and we've heard about um us having uh airplanes fly over our house while i'm recording a show i don't know if you can hear that or not hopefully you can't but (laughs) they uh was this biological was this something we did was this i I don't think russia had anything to do with this because that's kind of their friends as a matter of fact russia is one of the first countries to actually send aid to the area already, oddly enough. In the meantime, we're worried about sending more money to uh, to Ukraine. But, um, so, uh, I'm sorry, I was reading something else. <laughs> so, also, so there was that. I mean, that's not nothing major. I mean, let's, let's assume it was an earthquake. Earthquake's an earthquake, you know. Um, but, but here's something else that just happened. So that's something I talked about on Monday about the earthquake in Turkey. Of course, it had just happened. It was breaking news. I simply threw out the harp situation. Now, this is coming out today. (laughs) Harp, right? High-frequency active auroral research program, right? Is a geophysical weapon so powerful. It is a weapon of mass destruction using weather modification and manipulation harp is only one among many such installations. Now, if you go on Twitter and search this, you'll see the videos of the hur- of damn. Why do I want to call it a hurricane <laughs> of the earthquake? And and you'll see some videos of prior to the earthquake. This was moments before. And and you say, well, how? Why were people at you know two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning making videos? Well, it wasn't because of the earthquake that hadn't happened yet. It was the other things going on. There was a lot of what looked like in the distance explosions, a lot of flashing lights, stuff in the sky. And you could easily wonder what that stuff was, right? You could say, well, if you're, you know, if you live in whatever town these people were in, you could say, "Oh, what the hell is going on here? This is crazy," you know. And I and I get that. Um, trying to lift something up here so I can read it. Life, life is not easy for podcasting. I can tell you that right now. Okay, so here you go. So, what is harp? A terrifying look into harp and weather control warfare weapons used to produce earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanoes, lightning, tornadoes, and hurricanes. So, no such thing, and we've said this before, 
we here at Don't Tread on America, we don't believe in coincidences. Now, Turkey rejected a NATO expansion a week ago and now faces a massive earthquake. And this is what I was talking about when I threw out, could it have been a harp situation? Maybe the earthquake in Turkey looks like a punitive operation against Turkey. The video shows lightning strikes, which are not normal in earthquakes, but always happens in harp operations. And when you look at these videos and you see these quote-unquote lightning strikes, it's not, you know, air-to-ground lightning. It's, it's, to me, it looked more like explosions. It wasn't from the sky to the earth or, you know, I guess technically lightning's ground to, ground to sky, but nonetheless... It wasn't like that. So harp firing up before the earthquake hits. Let's be realistic and not ignore that Haiti experience. Experience the same thing. So what is harp? So um, that's the the thing I just told you about. I need to read it again. Um, so it's interesting. So I've also read articles about harp being used for um, the the pushing, I don't know if that's the right word I want to use, but the, of, of climate control. Now, you have this device that's able to do these things. You've heard about chemtrails and seeding and, and stuff like that where they can actually make it rain. And not at the strip club, but literally make, <laughs> make it rain. So who's to say that whoever, I'm not saying Biden, blah, 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 I'm just whoever, this is beyond these guys, are doing these things to punish countries, to punish people, you know, and, and pass taxes and pass green deals and pass this and pass that. I mean, because the biggest fear that people have is the unknown, when things happen and we don't know what's going on. And it's interesting to know that um, these devices exist. It's not like this is something that I'm making up that doesn't... It's true. I mean, you can Google H-A-A-R-P. It's not like uh, something I'm making up. It's an actual military device. Um, are we doing these things the uh train derailment in ohio happened when i think sunday chemical spills people evacuated from the homes what was that about that story's you kind of caught a little i mean if you don't live in that area like to me something like that should be more of a national story these uh train uh train derailments that caused a massive chemical spill. It's kind of like, what's up with that? And we're not hearing really anything about it. Yet one gun gets shot and someone gets killed. That's makes top news until they figure out it's an old Chinese man, right? It's very discouraging that we have to have a podcast like this. And I'm not saying I'm the only one doing these things. There's plenty of other podcasts that we talk about similar things. But it's very upsetting to me that there's people like me, Chris, and whoever else that you constantly have to question your your government's intentions, their actions, and it doesn't 
it it's bothersome. I mean, <laughs> like I'll jokingly say to Chris, you know, uh, I'm sure you've seen The Matrix, and I think his name's Cipher, where he's like, I wish I had taken the blue pill, right? Because ignorance is bliss. He'd rather have been non-knowing than knowing. It's kind of like what you don't know won't kill you. But I think the way it really works out is what you don't know will kill you. And I think it's our goal to open people's eyes for them to take the proverbial red pill. And that's where you guys come in in helping this show be able to do that. And by that, you can donate money to me. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> all I want you to do is share this with your friends. We're available everywhere podcasts are heard. There's no reason, no one can say, oh, I don't have Spotify, I don't have iHeart, I don't have whatever. Whatever. You have a cell phone. If you have a smartphone, let me put it this way. If you have a smartphone, obviously you guys do because you're listening to the show. But if your friend's like, ah, listen to podcast guess what i really never listen to podcast and here i am okay if they're interested in these types of topics they can go through the library and listen to stuff it's not all political i don't get on here every day and constantly bash biden and i and sometimes i go after republicans it's not a republican versus democrat thing it's an america thing if they have a smartphone whether it's an iPhone or a Android device. So Samsung, you know, whatever, Nokia, I don't know all the other brands. They automatically have podcasting listening abilities, whether it be Google Play or Apple Play. If, for whatever reason, they don't want to use that, then there's iHeart, Spotify, Podbeam, <laughs> Stitcher, if they have Amazon Prime. Um, tune in FM the list goes on and on the only thing I'm not on is Pandora for whatever reason which is fine because there's plenty of other options I would encourage you guys to download the Podbeam app if you haven't done so and the reason I say that is because once I can get a bigger following on Podbeam I think we're up around 50 something followers on Podbeam um, maybe I'll start doing some live shows. You guys can get involved, ask questions, and it'd be interesting. Um, I know you're saying, oh, you know, I got 50 followers on Podbean. I'm not, who am I? Right? I've said this time and time, I'm a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast. I'm not making a friggin' red cent off this job, off of, off of this. <laughs> I call it a job because it is a job. I get off of work. I come home. I do a couple hours of research. I'm bringing you a show. I'm not lying. Chris sends me stuff. I'll back it up with looking at more stuff. Whatever he sends me, I'll piggyback off of. But I'm doing this for free. I'm doing it for my uh, mental status, my mental health, maybe. I'm doing this to help get the word out because I think what we talk about here is very on par. I don't think I'm off base a whole hell of a lot. I'm, I, I'm just saying that. Maybe I'm tooting my own horn, whatever. But so be it. I'm asking you guys, all I need you to do is share the show. Whether it's via social media, via, hey, your friend, hey, listen to this show. Just do that for me, please. <laughs>
And with that being said, guys, it is February 8th, 2023. Don't forget tomorrow on YouTube to check out our new YouTube show, Beards, Bourbon, and Banter. Check us out there. I will, if you want to follow that show on uh, on Facebook, I don't think I've gotten the name change yet, so it's actually Bullets and Bourbon on Facebook, oddly enough. Couldn't call it that on YouTube because, you know, I'd kill people or something. I don't know. I mean, what they don't know. But just because it's a word doesn't mean I actually do it, but maybe I do. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> simple show. It's two bearded dudes. We're going to make some drinks. We're going to talk some bullshit, which is actually what I wanted to call it. I wanted to call it Beards, uh, Bourbon, and Bullshit, but they wouldn't allow that because God forbid, right? I, You know, I could be some fucking chick with some big titties and a fat ass shaking my ass, and that'd be fine. But I say the word bullshit, and it's like, God forbid. But anyway, check us out. This show that we're doing on Thursday will be primarily about the Super Bowl. And uh, like I said, we're going to make two drinks, one representing Kansas City, one representing Philadelphia. Whichever one that we like will be our picks for the uh, for the game. And we'll see how that works out for us. So with that being said, guys, you guys have a great day. And I will talk to you again on Friday. And uh, hopefully you'll join us for our YouTube show on Thursday. Uh, and I guess that's it, guys. You guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you Friday.